1: Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com.
2: All right, well, I'm going to get right into it. Um, I've got a lot to say. Hopefully, I can get through this quickly. Um, it might be like drinking from a fire hose to a lot of you, but I'm just going to try to get as much information out as I can and then hopefully have some time at the end to take some questions. Um, but I'm Brian Sapp. I'm a senior market strategist with Shapers. I've uh, been with the company almost 12 years now. And uh, we actually just celebrated our 40th anniversary. So the company has been in business for 40 years now. And this is a strategy that I've helped to develop and it's kind of morphed over time. Um, but we found some, some real edge with it and it's a good way to trade. I think the market right now, is a, it's a great strategy to trade in this market given what's going on, the potential risks. Um, everyone's a little nervous. Like I think you should be a little nervous, paranoid. Um, That's just healthy as a trader, right? Like you need to watch your risk at all times and risk is really high right now. So the strategy that I'm going to discuss is a straddle. And a lot of people who trade options, they're probably familiar with buying calls or buying puts or buying debits, you know, verticals, call spreads, put spreads, whatever it may be. Uh, This is a little bit different and it's sort of a different approach that you take when trading this, but there's a lot of benefit to using this strategy. Uh, So we're going to talk about straddles. We're going to talk about volatility, the nature of volatility, what it does over time. Uh, We're going to talk about some patterns to look for some, some technical analysis patterns, uh, some catalysts and indicators, and then we're going to review two trades that we actually sent out to our subscribers uh, that worked out pretty well for them and just kind of go through my process as far as what I look for um, when I'm finding good ideas for this. And then lastly hopefully we'll have some time for questions so first off what is a straddle uh, A straddle is a simultaneous purchase of a call and put option with the same strike price and same expiration date so you can structure these directionally like if the stock's at 86 and you buy the 85 straddle then technically that's a bullish position it's a hedge bullish position um, or you can structure it market neutral we typically like to take the market neutral side of it um, And honestly, some of my best trades historically have come in situations where I had no idea where the stock was going or the ETF, whatever it may have been. Um, It just looked like a situation where something was going to happen. The options were cheap. It just made sense to try to take a stab at it. So when you buy a straddle, you can profit via an increase in implied volatility and or price movement in either direction. So you don't care where it goes up or down, just move, basically. So here's some benefits of of adding straddles to your portfolio. Uh, First and foremost, the diversification of strategies within a portfolio. If you're heavy into options and uh, you have all calls or you have all puts at one given moment, you know, one bit of news in the market can essentially just crush you, especially if you're trading very, very aggressively. So by adding straddles in, um, you know, if the market were to tank or if the market were to go straight up, like typically that straddle is going to move uh, in, in concert with the market itself so because of that it can serve as a hedge that can also do well in trending markets so like back when COVID hit sort of a black swan event this strategy just killed it you know we were trending higher everything looked good and then out of nowhere the bottom drops out of the market so when you have these straddles on you're going to get a lot of big winners from those positions and that's going to help insulate you on the other side from your longs Um, as with any option strategy you have defined risk in each position Either it's your margin that you outlay if you're selling options or if you're buying options in this instance, it's the amount you paid per contract. So if you buy Straddle for five bucks, your risk is $500 per contract. That's it. Um, with Straddles, you can allow option convexity to create big winners. Um, I won't get too much into it, but the P and l graph for a long call or a, a, a long put is it's sort of parabolic. So you have the potential for a two, three, four, five hundred percent winner. Um, by buying these if, if you, you know, buy them right. And then lastly, you have a low probability of a large loss. Um, to, to have a very, very large loss, essentially, the stock or the ETF will have to go nowhere over the life of the trade and, and stay at exactly the strike that you bought. It happens, uh, it's rare, but it's just the cost of doing business, it's part of it, um, but it's maybe one out of every 15, 20 trades. It's, it's very, very low. So first off, uh, I'd like to talk about the nature of volatility and uh, what volatility does over time. And this applies to essentially any risk asset uh, stocks, bonds, Bitcoin, um, houses right now, um, pretty much anything. So volatility, it compresses for long periods of time and then it expands. And it's this never ending cycle where you get expansion, compression, expansion, compression. Um, and again, you could call it like impulse or consolidation. That's the technical analysis term. Um, I like to think of it sort of as like a sine wave or a cosine wave. For those of you who are taking trigonometry, you just get these periods where it ebbs and it flows. And as a straddle buyer, you're trying to buy that straddle at the time before volatility expands. Um, so an example I like to use is a coiled spring. Um, just think of like take apart a click pen and it has a little spring in it. And if you compress that spring and you let go of it, it releases energy, right? The spring might shoot across the room, it might fly out of your hand, whatever. Stocks are the same way. When something gets compressed or consolidates for a very, very long period of time, when that energy finally releases, you get big moves in either direction. And what that is, is that's buyers or sellers who have kind of been stymied because, you know, the stock's trading at 100 and they don't know if that's support or they don't know if it's resistance or whatever's going to happen. And so they kind of stay out of the way. Well, when that pattern breaks, you might get buyers or sellers like flooding in, in either direction. And as a straddle buyer, you're trying to buy at that instant before the energy releases. And the reason for this or one of the big reasons for this is option prices are generally lowest during consolidation phases. So if you're buying at the bottom in volatility, essentially more often than not, you're going to be buying options when they're as cheap as possible. And as an option buyer, you want to buy cheap. That's just the rule of thumb. As an option seller, you want to sell options when they're expensive. Um, so this is just a weekly chart of the VIX. And I just zoomed out a little bit just to kind of show you you know, the concept of, of volatility, expansion, and compression. So you get long periods where you get nothing happens and then boom, you get some expansion and then you get some more consolidation and expansion, consolidation, expansion. And then obviously the big one was COVID. You had this long period where the market was just boring, and then the VIX went from 15 to 85 in a couple months. So, this is just the way that volatility works. It's boring until it's not, and then when it's not, hold on to your hats. So, first off, this is kind of the process that I go through. Um, I start with the TA perspective. I look at charts and I say, "Oh, that looks interesting," and I write it down, and then I kind of delve in further, but this is the first line of of my trade you know uh, scouring looking whatever you want to call it so i like to look for triangles symmetrical ascending descending uh, wedges rising or falling bull and bear flags Um, sometimes you get long like kind of sloppy consolidations at key price levels Uh, those can lead to volatility expansions and then using uh, the charting you can actually do a pretty crude um, measured move technical analysis target And that just helps you look at, you know, does it make sense to pay X for this straddle? And as a general rule, if it can't double, I won't buy it because, you know, you're risking 100 percent of your capital. So you need at least that kind of return on the other side of it. Um, In this note, this is very important. And this applies not only to straddles, but essentially all option trading. Um, None of this should be used in a vacuum but when combined with sentiment and option analysis and a catalyst, they can provide a significant hedge when you're buying aggressive options at the money or out of the money options, or in this case, you're buying double premium, you're buying a call and a put that are at the money you need a why now, why am I buying this option right now? Uh, because time decay on those is significant when there's no intrinsic value in the option. So very important. Anytime you enter an option trade, ask yourself, why am I entering this right now? And for me, I like to have at least three reasons. Uh, Catalyst, uh, technical, and then maybe some sentiment or some some cheap options, whatever it may be. So some chart examples, I'll run through these pretty quickly. Uh, Ascending triangle is a series of of higher lows into a resistance level. Uh, A descending triangle is a series of lower highs into a support level. And then a symmetrical triangle is a series of uh, lower highs and higher lows, and the trend lines converge. Um, and typically, a symmetrical triangle has been the pattern that, that I've, that's that been my bread and butter. I've probably had the best trades with those. Um, and, you know, you'll see, you see at the uh, bottom here where it breaks out above that upper trend line. Um, typically, on these patterns, when you draw the trend lines, you're going to want it to break about two-thirds of the way to the apex of that. That's generally going to be the cleanest breakout. That's generally going to reward you the most as a straddle buyer.
3: And, and uh, Brian, can I hop in with a question out of the chat? Sure. And, and so so when, when you get the, these breakouts or, or these breaks of the trend, uh-huh. uh, how do you manage the trade? You know, both, both both legs of it.
2: Sure. So typically I will have a target profit before I even enter the position. Um, I'll look at the chart and I'll either look at, um, the amplitude of this pattern. So this is some technical analysis, typically the height of the pattern, once it breaks, that's going to be your target on the other side. So like, let's just say, for example, this is uh, 20 and this is 10. So the amplitude of this pattern is 10. When this breaks, I'm going to expect it to go $10 above. And again, it's very crude, it's, it's, but it gives you a roadmap, at least it gives you a plan. Um, I typically won't take profits under 100% unless you're right near expiration because your outlay is 100%. So, you know, that's what, uh, that's what you should be targeting on the other side. Um, as far as risk management goes, this is different because if the way that we treat this, we treat this as a portfolio of trades. So, we're putting on a new trade every week and we're spreading our risk across multiple timeframes, across multiple expirations. So, if you take a big hit on one trade, so be it. It happens, right? We have eight other trades or 10 other trades that are open at that time and it's all going to even out over time. Uh, but if you're only trading one or two of these, like you don't have a lot of exposure to these in your portfolio, I would probably cut out of them at 50%. If it gets a 50% loss, it's probably time to kill the trade and you're wrong.
3: Awesome. I appreciate it.
2: Okay. No problem. Um, So these are wedges. These are reversal patterns. And again, these patterns don't always play out the way that they're supposed to. I like to to say it's like sex panther 60% of the time it works every time. Like sometimes they don't work, but as a straddle buyer, you don't care. You just want this to break. You don't care if it goes up. You don't care if it goes down. Sometimes you might get a fake out and we're going to go through one of the examples that I had. Uh, You probably would have got shaken out of the trade if you were long But it ended up working out because we had straddle on it. We just held it. Uh, But these wedges are important patterns. You get narrowing ranges um, in an uptrend, and then you get narrowing ranges in the downtrend. And a lot of times they can lead to reversals. And this green here, this is the amplitude that I was talking about. So when this wedge breaks, you would expect it to move by that much on the other side of the break. And, 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 right, let,
3: let, let, let me pop in with this one real quick. There, there's a lot, of, a lot of questions in the chat, basically, as, as to just uh, asking about the advantage of straddles. Um, and my understanding is that is that you don't necessarily need to pick the direction in order to win right. in the trade. Is, is that is that a fair way to describe the primary advantage?
2: Absolutely. So think of it as a hedge position. So in this market, you know, the way that we're trending, everything's going up. Essentially it's a hedge long, but the benefit of it is, is that options are really cheap right now because implied volatility is still pretty low. So if you were to get a washout event in the market, you're hedged and you're going to make, you know, a decent amount on the other side of it. So it can work in trending markets, it can work in falling markets. Um, The one thing that's kind of the kryptonite for these is when you just get dull sideways consolidation periods. and that typically happens during the summer, but we haven't seen that lately, right? Like we've had a lot of movement uh, just because of everything that's going on. So you get the benefit of being hedged and options are still cheap right now. So it just makes a lot of sense as a strategy at this time. Awesome, thank, yeah. thank you. Um, and then lastly, flags, and again, these can go in either direction, uh, but typically these are continuation patterns. So with the bull flag, you get an impulse move higher whether it's on news, whether it's an upgrade or earnings or whatever it may be, big volume, boom, move higher. And then you'll get a decreasing volume consolidation. And typically you can expect these to resolve to the upside. Conversely with bear flags, impulsive move lower consolidation. And you typically expect these to resolve down Again, it doesn't always work that way. So as a straddle buyer, you don't care. Just break out of that pattern.
1: BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then
0: by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success.
2: Either direction, and you're good to go. Um, again, like, I talked about earlier with options you know why now have to have a reason to enter this position now so some catalysts that i like to look at for entering straddles uh, earnings fed rate decisions macro data peer earnings investor meetings conferences fda results we actually have an open position right now for our subscribers in lennar uh, that we entered a little over a week ago it was a two-week trade and we did it around uh, dr horton earnings which is another peer home building company so last week you had dr horton earnings you had uh, pending home sales, you had new home sales, and there was one other housing data point. But those were the catalysts. That was the reason to trade around that. And you didn't really get the spike in the Lennar options that you would have expected but, you know, into earnings. So you get a sympathy move from Dr. Horton and you don't really have to pay for that in the options, or you, at least you didn't two weeks ago. So it's off to a good start. Uh, hopefully it keeps going higher. I think we get a double on that if it gets up to 107 this week, something like that. Um, but as a general rule, we found that seven to 14 days ahead of the event is typically the volatility sweet spot. So the worst thing you can do as an option trader is go in like the day of earnings and buy a call or buy a put on something. Those options are so juiced because people tend tend to wait until that actual event. So the increase in demand for that option pushes the implied volatility higher. So you're paying a big premium. If you buy a week or two ahead of the event, let's say this is a two month trade or a three month trade, um, you know, by two weeks ahead, you're going to be buying low ball, and you're going to have the benefit of getting that increase in volatility into the event. So essentially, we like to look at, at sort of a free ride, right? Like the increase in implied volatility into the event will offset the time decay of the option. So you get like a free week or two where anything can happen. Right. So that's just staying exposed to the market, staying exposed to. The idea that anything can happen and that volatility can always come in and then lastly let the implied volatility term structure help decide the trades time frame uh, it's typically best to trade past the event so like i said if at, let's say apple trades earnings on or has earnings on thursday the worst thing you can do is buy a call or put that thursday ahead of the event that expires the next day because those options are going to be the most used um, so if you insist on buying a call or put the day of earnings Buy an extra week or two, give it more time to play out and give, give it time for that option to run because uh, proportionally the, the higher volatility or the lower volatility in the week or two weeks past it is going to be a lot less. Like It's a very, very small uh, addition to, pre- to the premium that you actually have to pay to get past that event. So for straddles, we'll trade a month or two months past earnings is typically the event that we like to use for a longer term. Uh, Some indicators, uh, short interest, high absolute levels or big changes in short interest. Um, It's no secret, you know, stocks that are 35% short, they're going to be more volatile than Coke or Pepsi or whatever. Um, Gamma was discussed in the last presentation. So extreme readings and put-call ratios, you have the potential for capitulation among option players. You have the potential for, for gamma squeezes in either direction. So we just like seeing extreme sentiment that could create the situation where you get a big move basically in either way. Uh, Bollinger bands are technical indicators I like to use, and we'll look at those. Um, Volume spikes, maybe a little clue that something's about to happen. And then lastly, cheap options. Um, I'm going to try to run through this as quickly as possible. I don't have too much time here. Um, So option prices are a function of implied volatility and time until expiration. Really volatile stock, as a general rule, uh, you're buying a long time period, you're going to pay up for those options. Um, Now that said, there's still inefficiencies in the options market. The Black Shells model isn't perfect and all the time you can find scenarios where where it makes a lot of sense to buy those options because they're underpriced. Uh, You can look for changes in the term structure over time and compare that to historical readings. So the term structure of options, it's it's dynamic. Um, Just because the May options increased in implied volatility, that doesn't mean that the June and Julys also did. Like The curve is constantly changing. And so that's something that you need to keep an eye on. You can find spots where by buying further out, you actually get a little bit of a discount in volatility. And we like to use the Schaefer's volatility index and the Schaefer's volatility scorecard to actually help us hone in on those situations too. And I'll, I'll go into that here. Um, the SDI is what we call it. It looks at option prices going back a year, uh, which is going to include at least three, most of the time four earnings reports where you get those implied volatility spikes and that's going to normalize everything for you. So looking back at the past year, the option prices now um, are in the 12th percentile based upon the past year. So cheap is good, obviously. So you want to buy these straddles when the options are relatively cheap. And a lot of times you can buy them cheaply with the catalyst to come, too. Uh, but this is just one tool that we use that that helps let us know that like, this may be an opportune time to buy options on this stock or ETF. And then another one is the Schaefer's Volatility Scorecard. This is something that uh, we have developed. We have a few quants that that just do market studies for us all the time, and this is something that's kind of morphed over time, and we've tweaked it a little bit, and we have it to where we really like what it is. Um, It assumes that you buy an at-the-money straddle every day that expires in 21 days. So you're buying 252 straddles on a stock or an ETF. You're looking at the price that day, and then 21 days later, you're looking at the price of that straddle had you bought it. Um, and what it's going to do is it's going to give you 252 returns. So what that tells us is, okay, this option had you, or this stock, had you just blindly bought straddles on it every day, you would have made X or you would have lost Y. And what that tells us is in situations where blindly buying straddles is profitable, the market is underpricing the options on those stocks or on those ETFs. Um, and it's an ordinal ranking that we, that we create at 0 to 100, and it's updated every week. And so here's, I ran this, or I I had our quant run this on uh, Thursday. And coincidentally, you'll see that there's a few names up here, Roku especially, that just moved like 12% on Friday or 15% the last two days. So this said on Wednesday or on Thursday, hey, you know, buying options on Roku makes a lot of sense. Sure enough, the stock moved a ton. Um, It's confirmation bias, but I just thought it was kind of interesting when I was going through the list and she was talking about Roku. But if you're an option trader, this is a good place to start. Um, right now, options look cheap, relatively speaking, on these names. So I'm gonna run through a couple trades and this will just kind of hopefully uh, let you see our methodology and the way that it works.
3: And and, and really quick, Brian, and yeah. as you're running through those, uh, another question that I've been seeing come through the chat is how you pick the strike prices. Sure. Um, so, so, so maybe include those as you're going through these trades. Absolutely, so,
2: um, The strike, we always trade market neutrally. So if the stock is at 120, we buy the 120 strike. If the stock's at, let's say, like in this instance, let's assume that Apple only had five-point strikes and the stock was at 122.50, right? Like it's right in between strikes. We'll typically buy the straddle that is in the move or in the direction of the general trend. So if the stock's been rallying and we have to pick we'll buy the strike that's below the price that's got a little bit of a bullish slant to it but it's still a hedge position does that make sense
3: yep absolutely
2: okay cool so in this instance it didn't it wasn't an issue because apple has single point strikes and it was right at the actual strike um, but this isn't our weekly volatility trading service this is generally a two-week uh, until expiration trade so we'll buy like we'll use fridays generally we'll buy these And we like these on Fridays because time decay over the weekend, Um, it isn't nearly as severe as it should be because the market isn't actually trading. But over the weekend, you have the potential for news, right? Like anything can happen over the weekend. Uh, Barron's can come out with an article about something. You get a lot of upgrades and downgrades generally on Mondays, macro news, whatever it may be. So as a general rule, we like entering these things on Thursdays and Fridays because it gives you the weekend or an extra weekend for something to happen. Um, So at the time, the recommendation was to buy the Apple April 9th 120 strike straddle, and um, they were priced at $5.25. So you need about a 4% move to break even and about an 8% move for a double. And my reasoning for this, if you look here, these dotted lines are the Bollinger Bands. And what those do is those plot two standard deviations above and below the 20-day moving average. So essentially what that means is when they're wide, the stock is volatile, when they're narrow, the stock is not volatile. Again, this goes back to my example earlier of the coiled spring, right? Compression, expansion, compression, expansion. So you're trying to buy the straddle during this compression to front run the volatility expansion. So you see how these bands got really pinched here and they were about as narrow as they've been at any point over the last year. That's a sign that something is likely to happen pretty soon. Just going back to that concept of, of the coiled spring. So compressed Bollinger Bands, uh, this is a symmetrical triangle pattern. One of the chart patterns that I had looked at now, granted, there's only two lows here, but we'll call that a trend line. There's a series of lower highs. Um, it had been trading right around this 120 level, which was a key pivot on the stock going back about a year or so. So again, you're expecting energy to be released when that breaks. Uh, part of the Schaefer's Volatility Index, the options were priced in the 19th percentile, which means they're pretty cheap. And you had an 88 vol scorecard. So even though the stock was consolidating here, it still made sense to buy options on it because the options were so cheap. And then lastly, my why now, um, you'll see this was entered on the 26th of March. You had the end of the quarter coming up. So especially with, with names like Apple, Microsoft, you know, these are hedge fund hotels. These are where the funds live. And at the end of quarters, at the beginning of quarters, you get a lot of repositioning. So I just thought this could be a scenario where something could happen. Um, you could get big fun, fun flows in either direction. And once this pattern breaks, you're going to get a big move. And sure enough, we entered right here at the green arrow and this was expiration, the red arrow. We didn't take any partial profits. I just really liked this. Uh, 135 was kind of my target and it it never really got there. So I just let it run and it closed right near the high. So that was 135% winner in two weeks. Um, This is another one. This is a longer term trade. And I think this is a great example about the staying power, about staying in straddles. Uh, So this is volatility trader. This is a little longer term. We generally do like two to four months um, for expiration. It just depends on the market and, and the way things are at that point. But the recommendation was to buy the Nike July monthly 135 strike straddle uh, at $11.20. And again, we have compressed Bollinger Bands. You see this, we we have ball compression in here. We have an ascending triangle pattern. You've got higher lows into a resistance level. This 138 level was a big pivot on the stock. You see it tags it here, 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 you know, multiple times. It was support and resistance over the past six to eight months. Uh, So expecting a big move on a break of this area. Options were dirt cheap. They were in the second percentile. And I thought that was especially noteworthy because Nike had earnings coming up. Now, granted, it wasn't really known as a stock or it hasn't been known as a stock that makes huge moves on earnings. But still, those second percentile price uh, options like that should not have been a thing. Like the market was asleep at the wheel there. And then over the last eight quarters, the stock had moved an average of five percent. So, based on a hundred and thirty-five dollar stock, you're going to expect six, seven dollars of movement just on uh, the earnings release itself. So, we're paying eleven, and you're expecting you know to get seven bucks in one day. It made sense to me. You need four dollars. You need three percent of net movement essentially over a month and a half to break even. Um, and obviously, you, you know the outcome, but. Had you been in a bullish position, so right, this is an ascending triangle here, right? This is a bullish pattern. You expect it to be a bullish pattern. Had you been in a bullish position here, looking for the breakout at 138, you would have been wrong and most likely have gotten shaken out, right? Like if you're gonna protect your losses, if if you're going to, to manage your positions, when this breaks down, you're probably bailing on this bullish position. Well, you see what happens here. It completely reversed. The earnings were blowout. The stock went ballistic. And we made 129% on that. So someone asked earlier about, like, you know, what's the benefit of it? It keeps you in the trade. It keeps you in the market. Uh, And you don't get noised out. You don't let the little minor events basically blow you out, which it happens a lot with options because you're using so much leverage. And if you're trading responsibly, you cut your losses. So this is just an instance where a straddle would have made a lot. A call would have gotten decimated, essentially, and a straddle, you ended up with a big winner. So that's all I have for now. Um, a lot of this stuff, a lot of this research, you can find it on our website at shapersresearch.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Shapers. We have five, I think, full-time writers that are constantly getting content out there. Uh, a lot is education. Um, a lot is just you know ideas, opinions on stocks and ETFs, things like that.
1: Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com.